Hey guys, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of SwiftCast. This is Ashley. And Steph. This episode is very special because we're talking about Taylor's 1989 listening session that she held in her LA home. And we talked a little bit about this on episode 71, but now we are bringing you a fan's inside perspective and all the details she can give us about the whole thing. So we are very happy to have her here, and we hope... You all learn a lot and enjoy everything she has to tell us. So say hi to Rebecca. Hi, everyone. It's Rebecca. Hi. Hey, thanks so much for coming on. No problem at all. We were just completely so surprised and amazed when we heard that this event happened. And we knew that we had to talk to somebody who was there because it was definitely a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, I can't. I honestly still can't believe that Taylor would welcome us into her home like that and share something that's supposed to be su- such a big surprise for everyone coming up. So, can you tell us a little bit about how you became a fan and just your experiences as a Swifty? Just a quick background. Yeah, of course. I have a date that I became a fan, and it was Easter of 2009, and I was given her debut CD. Um, as a present. And from there on out, I kind of slowly developed into becoming more and more obsessed and dedicated to her up until this point where I have social media accounts for her on nearly every site and very active on most of them. And so it's, it's been a really growing experience as a Swifty since then. I'm just very fortunate to have her in my life, I would say. So in 2009, she was still doing the fearless tour did you get to go to all three tours no i i only gone to the speak now world tour and the red tour because by the time she was back in la for the fearless tour it was way too late to get tickets oh yeah it's impossible so i guess you were contacted the monday before the listening session yes that's correct okay so what was it like that you just randomly got a call yeah, it was just a number, and I just answered it, just wondering, like, what, who was going to try to sell me something, and it was a person from taylorswift.com, and they offered me an exclusive opportunity, but um, we weren't given any details. I didn't know if it was going to be in Los Angeles or if I would have to go somewhere, and it was very just vague, but I, hearing from other fans that have gotten invited to things like this, um, it was along the lines of everything that happened. So I didn't, I wasn't really scared of like getting kidnapped or something, because I've heard that's like a common fear when they get these random calls from people that are just like, I'm part of Taylor's crew, but we're not sure if we can tell you anything at all except where to meet and at what time. Yeah, that's so funny that that's become a normal and accepted thing within the fandom now. It is. It's crazy hearing that you just get a call and they tell you time and place to show up and then you do and here's Taylor. You can't tell anybody where you're going. (laughs) Right. I was, that was the really hard part was waiting the entire week to be able to say anything and then we weren't even sure if we could talk about it until after it ended 
and then that would have been more difficult to have to keep this entire crazy experience a secret for or until 1989 comes out. That would be crazy. So when they called you, did they tell you how you were selected? No, they didn't. They didn't mention how I was selected or where from. And in person, they were just very vague about it. It's very, um, they're just like, it's from everywhere, except Tumblr, because that's now just becoming more popular. But they're more on Instagram and Twitter and Taylor Connect, it seems. Oh, okay. So in your mind, what did you think was happening before Saturday actually occurred? I had a few theories. One was that we might be just going to a studio and being asked questions as a group of Swifties for, like, hype for the new album coming out. That was one Mm -hmm. of my thoughts because I knew she was going to be at iHeart the day before and I didn't know if she was going to stay for, like, Ed Set and Lord and everyone. So I really was just keeping my expectations low that, you know, Taylor's not going to be there. You're just going to go and have a great time with other people and meet new people. And I was that was what I was looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And never in my wildest imagination would that a Saturday be something I thought would happen. Yeah, I think everybody was really shocked. Especially because it just seems still a little bit early. But that's just how much Taylor trusts her fans, so it's really kind of nice. Yeah, I agree. It's very, it's very wonderful for her to have done that for us. So we heard that there were two groups of fans, one who went earlier in the day and one who went later. Yes, I was part of the morning ses- session, so we were, like, I guess the first group of fans to ever actually hear the album. Wow. Which is incredible. So what time did you have to be at the location and act, and then actually arrive at Taylor's house? We were told to arrive between 10.30 and 11 in the morning at this location. But me and the friend I was taking with me because I needed, um, I'm a minor, so she, t- she was taking me with her. We got there at, like, 9.30, and we had to, like, contain our excitement and not just try to, like, find them. Because we saw them setting up, but we're like, okay, they're just setting up. They're not, we're not, they're not ready for us. So we ended up going to eat, trying to, like, slow down time. But, yeah, it was, it was, we were definitely a little overeager to get there. So when you were allowed to have a friend, was everybody allowed a plus one sort of thing? It wasn't everyone. Um, a lot of people oh. were there alone. It was just because of the age issue. Oh, I see. And so if it wasn't her, it would have been my parents, but they wanted as many Swifties there as possible. So I took her because she was um, a big fan of Taylor's as well. That's awesome. Did you guys meet online? No, we've been friends for years in middle school, high school, and we've stayed in contact since we've both gone to college now. That's so cool. I don't have any friends in real life, I guess, in school or work who are Swifties like me. So that's awesome. It's really great to have a, such a great friend that's also as big of a Swiftie as you are. Because you can connect on a different level about everything, really. And usually I find those big Swifties online. So that's awesome. So after you guys eat, you're waiting, I guess, to 
get on the buses? After we ate and we checked in, we got all security and checked out. We were loaded onto buses, and we were just told we were going to have a really, really fun, exciting day ahead of us, and just to, like, be happy and, like, have a great time. And, of course, we're all, like, sitting there with jitters and, like, talk, getting to know each other and stuff. So it was, it was a nervous trip to Taylor's house. Were the buses, like, limo buses? They were. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Was it, like, a Hummer limo bus, or... No, it was, I don't know. I'm just trying to picture this. It was more like like a party bus look on the outside, a small one, but on the inside it was more like just a really nice. Okay. So it was. It was Did they have food and drinks for you guys on the bus too? No. Okay. They had stuff once we got to Taylor's house. That's so weird referencing her like that. <laughs> I'm sure it still feels like a dream. I can't. I I can't wrap my head around it still. So how long was the bus ride? If you remember. I actually don't because we were all, we were talking with the people there from Taylor's team and they were just kind of going, just making sure we were all having fun and getting to know each other. So I wasn't paying attention to how long it was taking, actually. Okay. So then everybody was saying that once you actually got to her house, everybody got checked by security again, which is good. Yeah, they checked us. Once before we got on the buses, and then once we were going in, and then also as we were leaving. So what kind of things were they looking for? I'm pretty sure it was listening, recording devices, anything that we would have on our person. I'm pretty sure that's what they their main goal was, to make sure that 1989 was, like, it wasn't going to be recorded, and it wasn't going to be shared. So I think that's what they're. Well, main we know that Taylor was. said in Rolling Stone that she gets really paranoid about that kind of thing. It's true, and it's not only her. Like she is herself, and she knows that, and she's aware of it. But then her team is very aware of it, and they took precautions to make sure that no one could hear the album from outside the house while we were listening to it. Is her house like up, like secluded on a hill, or is it like in a community? Um, it's. Since it's, uh, well, since, like, Beverly Hills is, like, a lot of canyons, so they're all kind of on a hill, I guess. But, and it's surrounded by other houses. She's not, like, the only house around, and there's just, like, the middle of nowhere. There's, it's, there's a lot of houses up and down that area. So what kind of precautions did they take on the outside of the house to make sure no one could hear Just like on the Shake It Off music video, from what I've heard from those fans that were there, they set up scramblers to project other sounds out so that listening devices couldn't hear the sound waves inside her house, I I think. Wow, that is so cool. I just think that's awesome. I'm glad. It's really smart. It was funny, and she even made like a comment about it. She's like, look how paranoid we are. Just look. Could you see these scramblers? Are they? No, like, I they... didn't. I didn't see because okay. we were we were all in just her living room while they were setting them up. So before you got to her living room, though, I guess she fed you guys a big lunch, right? Yes, there was a great spread of different food and drinks outside, but 
since me and my friend had eaten before, we were all too nervous to do anything, so we just got waters and were, like, hyperventilating, because <laughs> I personally got excited when I saw her security guards that I recognized from Candid's, because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now this is real, and then there was tree pain in her backyard, and we were just like, okay, this is this is actually happening, this is actually her house, we're not just, like, this isn't just a studio that we're just headed off to, it's... It's real, and Taylor's inside somewhere. Did you get to talk to Tree? Um, she was talking with a reporter that was invited, so she wasn't interacting with us, but she was smiling at us. They were watching us and, like, kind of laughing at how excited and fangirling we were. They were, like, looking at us with this, like, these smiles that are just like, yep, we invited a good group of people. So even though you didn't eat any of the food, what kind of food was there? There was, so this was the first session, and she had pizza, and chips, and salsa, and guac, and like fruit, and veggie platters. There were desserts, and now actually, I take it back, I had a cookie, and I'm not sure if she baked them herself, because she told the other, the old other session that she did, so I don't know if this, they were or not, but the cookie I had was delicious, and I, I can't believe I ate a cookie at Taylor's house. What kind of cookie was it? Um, a raisin cinnamon cookie. Okay. Because I thought I read something about also pumpkin cookies. The Yeah, the second group had like uh, pumpkin chocolate cookies that she also did for the last day of the Red Tour for Club Red. Right, okay. And also, everybody seems to be talking about this bicycle that she had in her backyard. What was that like? It was like was a, um, part of, it's it added to the charm of her backyard, really. It was this bicycle, and it had, like, almost a carriage for, like, two people attached to it, but it was all full of flowers and, uh, like, ribbons and, like, really, it was very vintage-looking, and it's like, of course Taylor has, has this in her backyard. Of course. It fits her perfectly. When I read about it, I just kept thinking about the bicycle that's in the Begin Again music video. I love that bike. <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely, um, I don't think you could ride that bike, really. It's <laughs> yeah, more I there guess, for decoration. Yeah. So how long would you say they gave you guys to hang out on the patio? I'd say we were there for about 15 minutes. and Oh, that's good. Yeah, because a lot Short. of people hadn't um, eaten beforehand, so they were actually eating then. It was just me and a few other people that were just like, we can't eat, even eat right now. It's This is too much. Okay, and so you really only had to wait 15 minutes before you were actually going inside to sit down? Yeah, I'd say. So at that point, you still hadn't seen Taylor. Right, up until this point, no one mentioned that she was there. No one had given any indication that we were going to meet her. But I think we all knew by the time we were in the backyard, like, this is actually, she's gonna, she's upstairs somewhere, and she's gonna come down and make us all freak out, and that's exactly what happened. She's probably, like, watching you guys from a window somewhere. That's what we, I, we were like, does anyone see her in the windows, or, like, is she looking at us, like, like, act cool, like, keep calm. (laughs) I feel like she loves it, though, when people get excited, so she probably was. I could see that. (laughs) <laughs> I I don't know. I, I'm, like, trying to, like, oh, I hope she didn't see me, like, 
freaking out like that. But I mean, I know she loves it, so it's it's okay. So I guess everybody's saying the living room was just set up with a big chair for her and then pillows or something? Yeah, there were giant pillows everywhere. They were scattered all around. And if you look back on her Instagram or something, or it was Haley Steinfeld's when they were doing, like, Christmas stuff. Like, oh, there's yeah. a little, like, glimpse of her living room, and that's where we were. Oh, cool. So what else did the inside look like as you were... So it looks like she could have filmed the Wonderstruck commercials in there. Like, her curtains were these big, purple, like, beautiful things. And she had, like, all these lamps. And if you remember back from the Red, um, when Red was coming out, and it was, like, nine days till Red came out, and they had, like, the mannequin shoes, and she lined them up in, like, a pyramid and put that on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like, she made that into a lamp. Like, that was the base of the lamp, and it was really cool. And we're like, of course, like, like, what do you expect? This is what I expect in Taylor's house. And there was, like, glass jars everywhere, and her house smells like walking into, like, anthropology and just, like, being hit with this smell of amazing, amazingness and pictures everywhere and just, like, vintage and mismatchy things, and it's exactly how you would think Taylor's house looks. So when you say jars, were they mason jars? That's what I'm picturing. There was, like, mason jars, like, they were different colors like there were some blue ones and like just clear ones and they were just scattered um on her shelves and things and going back to the lamp did you say the shoes were at the base of the lamp she they were like the they were in the the i don't know the middle the pole of the lamp i guess like that's what was holding it all up that sounds really interesting it was weird seeing all of it right there like we're like that's that's something that she's shown us that you wouldn't think you would see in real life, and it's just sitting right there in the corner. Yeah, that's so cool. And I've also read people talking about the chalkboard that she's Instagrammed that has the C.S. Lewis quote on it. Yeah, it's still there. She didn't. She doesn't. Cha- I don't think she changes it because it looked the same as. It's exactly the same as on her Instagram. Uh, so was this near the living room? Yeah, that was, it was the hallway to the bathroom. That's right Mm -hmm. outside the living room. So did you get a seat near her chair? I was, well, because I didn't, there were couch, there were two couches there too, but that was kind of like, I knew, I was like, if she's sitting up there, I'm going to be sitting right there too. So I went and got a pillow that was right near the front, so. Good. Yep. So then what happened? Then we were all sitting there, and, um... Then, like, more and more excitement as we saw more people. Like, there were people from her team that none of us really knew who they were. Like, they were because they're behind-the-scenes people. But then we would see, like, Scott, like, kind of around the corner. And then Andrea, and then somebody said she, she was holding Meredith at this time. But oh, I cool. didn't see her, so. There's, you like, didn't see Meredith at all? Yeah, I didn't see Meredith. So then, okay, yeah, so Andrea was holding her. And then all of a sudden, Taylor pops out from around the corner going, Hey, guys! Holding (sighs) Olivia. And, of course, all of us flip out and we're screaming like we're at her concert, not in her (laughs) living room. And Meredith jumps out of Andrea's arms and runs away and hides. And Olivia's trying to get away. And then so Taylor hands her off to someone. And we're just still, we're about, like, crying. Some people are. (laughs) 
And then she comes to sit down in front of us going just like, like, hey, welcome to my house. Like, all this, like, wonderful tailorness. Before she told us anything, they started, like, passing around boxes of tissues. So that was kind of funny. Like, they knew you needed them. I read about that. So who gave you guys the tissues? Um, I think it was Mama Swift. I think she was oh. like, Here's, here you guys, like, pass them around. Make sure everybody gets some. She's such a mama. She is. She was, she was, she's like a mom to all of us. And she kept saying that. She's like, I'm proud of all of you guys. And we're just like, you don't, like, that just means so much. Even, like, coming from you and Taylor and all these people, like, it means a lot. That is so cool. I'm still in awe that it, that it's, that it's real. So at this point, your theory of what was going on must have changed. But were you still not expecting to hear the album at all? Right. I I wasn't, I didn't think we were going to hear the album at all because I, my other kind of theory was leaning towards like Yankee Candle had been talk like hinting at something they were doing with Taylor on Twitter last week. And they Mm -hmm. said they were going to do something with her. And I was like, okay, if, if it's not, we're just not going to like hype 1989 or talk about how much we love her or something. I thought I was like, is this like a candle? Like, are they going to shoot some videos or like a candle promotion, and her, since her house smelled so good and there were candles everywhere, like, throughout, we're like, that's my, that was my next thought. And I was just like, I'm, I'm cool with whatever happens right now. You guys can throw anything at me. I'm ready. But I was not expecting to hear 1989 at all. Until she actually started. Fl- I Sorry. would have thought the same thing with the Yankee Candle thing. And I was like, that just goes to show, like, how deep into like this like appreciation we have for her because we like we know about like upcoming promotions and stuff like we were just guessing and Yankee Candle was like not even they didn't confirm or anything they're just like we might be doing something and uh, of course all of us are just like (gasps) like this is this that's what this is and of course we were wrong but it was still a theory still a theory at that time. So did Taylor go around to talk to you guys, or did she just sit down and start? She she didn't really go around because there were about, like, almost 40 of us there, I would say. So she came and she sat down in front of us and was went, like, right into being like, thank you guys for being here, you know, we picked you and we're going to, you're at this thing called 1989 Secret Session, and we're going to play the entire album. Like, how's, she's like, how's, how do you guys feel about that? And of course, <laughs> like, mass screaming ensues. And then she's like, okay, well, we have to, at that point, they started setting up the scramblers. I, I think that's what they called it. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, we were, and then we kind of, a few people had, like, um, things to say to her at that time. Like, we were talking about her iHeartRadio performance. We were just like, Taylor, you were, you like, you slayed that. And she's like, but my outfit, she's, she's, she said she felt like uh, an eight-year-old's keychain because of how sparkly. Yeah, I saw that. And I, I was there at iHeartRadio in person, and I thought she looked great. I know. I, I was like, you look, you look flawless as usual. So I don't know what you're talking about because you looked fab. So <laughs> Then did she just kind of start playing the album? Well, yeah, because uh, it took a while to for the scramblers to get set up. But then she's like, okay, and then she went through each song. Yeah, so she, she told us the backstory of each song, and then she played it. And we were just kind of sitting there, 
listening to like different parts of the songs and trying to get the chorus so that we could kind of sing along with her and she was like dancing along and singing along to the songs herself so that was that was really surreal seeing her you know like do little dance moves and like make these faces and it was very funny yeah that is a once in a lifetime kind of thing I was like, I wish I had all the gifs of her just making these faces right now. Because <laughs> they were great. So we know that you can't talk about song titles or lyrics or anything like that. But can you give us just your general impression of the album? Um. Yeah. Okay. So in Rolling Stone, the way she talks about it is very accurate. And you wouldn't think so, I think, until you hear it. But it is so sonically cohesive because she had learned from Red that you can't have so many different sounds for it to be really cohesive and flow as a whole. And this mm-hmm. this entire album is a very, very good work of pop music. And I don't want people to think that just because she's calling it a pop album, it means that her work is diminished or, you know, not as not as lyrically driven because it is and her lyrics are powerful and will make you cry and will make you feel things. It's just now the backdrop of what it sounds like is pop geared and it's not it's not country anymore. So that's the only it's really the only difference is how the back the background sounds. That's good to hear. So when you first heard about her making this shift complete were you a little worried about it and this made you feel a lot better or or um, were you always just for it from the beginning? Well, you know, like as a Swifty, I always am like, I support her no matter what. I may not like it, but I will support her and I will still buy it and I'll still, you know, be right by her side. That's That's been my mindset for this whole time. And so mm-hmm. getting to hear it, or, or no, first hearing that she was making the shift to pop, it sounds worrisome because you think of pop songs that are just, you know, meaningless and not, I mean, not meaningless, but they're just not like something that we're used to from Taylor. We're not used to hearing her, you know, repeat lyrics like in Shake It Off, you know, like how she's, it's it's repetitive, but it's meant to evoke like happiness and like people just right. dancing. So I was, like, you know, I was worried. I was, like, I'm not sure if this is going to be, like, her, you know, her greatest record. That was my only thing. I was, like, I'm not sure if it'll be, like, her best album yet. So that was my only concern. But then hearing it and knowing that, like, even though she's talking about it being pop, it's really, it's still her, and you can, you, you'd know it's her music a mile away. It's just so distinctly tailored that you can't, you can't hate it. And I think Shake It Off is, as a lead single, like, it doesn't summarize the whole album very well, I would say. Like, it's a good lead single because it's gotten people interested, and it was a good summer song. Mm -hmm. So I can see, and it's a great, it's a great song, but I just, it didn't, um, it didn't summarize the whole album as, like, the great, like, the masterpiece I feel it is. Okay. See, this is great. Uh, when I first heard about the shift, I was a little nervous. I never saw Taylor going like bubblegum pop that has no meaning because that's just not Taylor. But, you know, I think everybody was a little 
maybe just nervous about it, but everyone like you who was there just loved it on one listen. Mm-hmm. And for me, anytime I get a new album and listen to it once, usually I can't really even remember what it is. I need to listen to it a few times. Uh, but with this, everybody is just loving it. It's an album that I think it's going to be hard to hate it. Like, I don't think, I don't know how anyone could have been there and listened to it and been like, you know, that's not very, it wasn't very good because it was just so, it was like a punch in the face of how awesome it was, honestly. Like, you can't, you can't hear it and just be like, you know, I have trouble with some of these songs. Like, I personally, when I listen to past albums, you know, there's some songs that I might not listen to as frequently or I might skip over sometimes if I'm just mm-hmm. not in the mood to listen to it. But with this album, it's like, I didn't I didn't hear any standout songs that I was sitting there and thinking, like, this is not going to be a hit. And I honestly can't pinpoint which songs are going to be singles because they were all so good. Like, I feel any of those could slay the pop charts right now. So even though you only heard this album once, right. do you think it's her best? See, I've gotten this question a lot since, and... It's hard to say because, I mean, I remember a lot of it, and it is definitely sonically, I think, her best because it is the most cohesive as that was her one of her goals for this album. So I have to say, sonically, definitely her best, cohesive-wise. like cohesive wise. Like, you can listen through it, and it's just, it's going to flow through the whole thing. Lyrically, I can't say, I can't remember every single lyric because my brain was, like, overwhelmed and on overdrive trying to listen to every single thing that was happening. So I'm not going to say it's her very, very best, because I don't want to, like, listen to it again later and be like, well, maybe it's not my personal favorite. But I think for her, it's definitely the right, the, the next best step for her career, and it is honestly a really amazing album. Like, I can't emphasize that enough. It's just, it's really great. Well, we can't wait to hear it. I I really am excited for everyone to hear it because, you know, like, people have their doubts and a lot of people are like, I'm not sure if, you know, they'll stick around for her being pop, but it's, this is definitely a time that everyone should definitely stick around and for, I can see many people joining her joining her in the fandom and being Swifties because I think hopefully it'll be you know a very like big hit on pop radio stations now because they do play her but just not as much as um, mainstream pop musicians so I'm excited for her to get more airplay as a pop artist and see people like actually recognize the fact that she's such a great and talented person. Yeah, you know, Ashley made a comment on episode 71 that pop music needs someone like Taylor because she has so much meaning in her song lyrics and she'll continue to do that. Right. That made me think, like, to me, Shake It Off is like a mean 2.0. Okay, yeah, I can see how that that comparison. You know, it might be a little repetitive, but it has so much meaning to it. Right. And I can, I can, I completely agree. With her having more airplay, I think she's just going to improve pop charts and just pop radio. Yeah, because as much as people like to, you know, downplay her talents and, you know, criticize her, 
she's done um, really well as you know in sales and everything and I feel like she's a good she's a good asset to the entire music community and keeping the music industry alive and well I feel like for for her to actually be confident enough to sit down and present the album to a group of fans before it even comes out she must have been 1000% sure that it was her best work ever so true I think so. I think that I agree with that too. But she had said that she was planning to do these um, listening sessions um, for months. Like she's been, she's wanted to do this for her fans. I think just just because she wanted to like have a good experience for fans, honestly, because they really weren't. They didn't emphasize that this was supposed to be like a time for us to like listen to it and like hype the album. It was just purely for us to enjoy hearing it and having I feel like they were trying to reward us as fans but I honestly don't feel like anybody could deserve that or feel entitled to that because it was just too great like I can't believe Taylor would even dream that up for us well I was also gonna say especially since as we already talked about how much she's afraid of it leaking out for her to put that fear aside just for the sake of doing something nice for the fans is even more amazing i i i completely agree with that like i i that's why i it never crossed my mind that she was going to play the entire album for us like i was like you know if we get lucky maybe we'll get a song maybe we'll hear something else but for for her to just go ahead and just play the entire thing and it was right off her phone it wasn't like a physical copy of the album it was straight off of her phone and everything so it's she's just a she we picked the right idol to (laughs) worship i think yes so i know you can't talk about the songs but one question i had that maybe you can answer is did she say when she actually wrote shake it off did anybody actually ask her that um no she didn't actually we didn't okay for the first session she played the entire album with um excluding shake it off we didn't listen to shake it off with her which i thought opportunity missed for a dance party (laughs) but she did with the second group so i'm like i'm very happy for them like that that's a great experience to be able to like have this dance party with her and sing that song with her like how can like that's the best experience to for that song in particular Mm-hmm. Did people so, get up and dance, or did Taylor get up and dance during any other songs on the album? No, we were all we were sitting the entire time, and she was there in like in her chair in the chair she was sitting in. She was like dancing in her seat. Like I feel like this is the way she used to dance at award shows, like trying to contain it, but sitting down. I'm just thinking of that vine that she posted on Twitter the other day. Yeah, basically. It's it's like that, exactly like that. Like her sitting in her chair doing like lost in the set, like the music, like just dancing along the way she she's just free and it was it was a great it's a great thing to see that right in front of you. So, did you listen to the whole album in one shot and the other group took a break halfway or No, um we did take a break and it was mostly cuz it was like a bathroom break. So, we we were about halfway through and we stopped it and she got up and went to her room real quick and to get like a diet coke or something and we all lined up for the bathroom and um 
that moment, it was, that was kind of the most, it was one of the best parts of the day, I would say, was this break, because, you know, she came out of her room and was talking to us, and there were, like, little conversations that she was having with groups of people that were just, I don't think you can replicate that, even if you, like, whether you were in the first group or second group, she was having these conversations and making us feel so special, like, individually, that I don't think you can replicate that ever. And it's not going to be ever the same between groups of people. And getting to see her house and everything, or, like, glimpses. We were, you know, kept in a few areas, but just seeing, like, pictures that you're like, oh, that's been on Twitter, that, like, this is the real copy. Or, you know, more pictures from trips that you're like, well, that's a new one. I haven't seen that one. Like, that's pretty crazy right there. So what was the bathroom like? The bathroom was um, under the stairs. So like, you know, if you picture Harry Potter, like that space, but it was a bathroom and it was wallpapered in like this yellow floral pattern. And it was like kind of overwhelming because it was like the, all the walls had it and then the ceiling too. So it was, it was a little, a little claustrophobic. I'm like, I wonder if she actually uses this bathroom because I'm a short person. I'm on the short side. So I'm like, I don't think she would like fit in this little tiny bathroom. That's still cool though, to have it under the staircase like that. Yeah. I was like, I I wondered if she had put it there, like had it made like that or if it was already there. I don't know, but it's, it was a thought that I was like, Hmm. I thought I read something that her towels had her initials on it maybe even paper towels is that right uh there was a basket of like paper towels and I think some of them had t like the letter t on it and um some didn't so I think that might be what they were referring to but I mean there weren't any like uh like cloth towels they were all like paper towels in there oh when you were looking at the photos that are around the mm-hmm. house. Were there any that we wouldn't have seen on Twitter? I know I read the Charleston photos that she posted and the the Oscar ones with Jamie and Jamie King and Ed. Right. There were there were the exact ones from the Oscars put, um on her walls and then the Charleston photo blog, like there were the ones that we've seen and we're like, "Oh, that's that's where it was from." But then there were more like that she didn't post. So that was oh. kind of, that was cool seeing, like, outtakes, I guess, that you wouldn't see otherwise. And one of my favorites was her and the Civil Wars, and I think they were doing Safe and Sound in oh. the picture. And I was like, that's, because I, I, I like the Civil Wars as well, so I was like, that's pretty amazing right there. And there were some cute ones with, like, there was one with her and Ethel holding hands, and they were walking away from the picture. And I was like, Aww. that's just adorable, and... You can see, like, all the love that she has for these people that were on her walls, and is pretty amazing. Were there any with Carly, or Kloss, or Lord? No, there weren't any with more of her new friends, I would say. All the walls, I feel like she had put those up, because they were all framed and, like, spaced out nicely and everything. Even mm-hmm. though she claimed, she's like, I actually have no idea how to hang pictures, and some of them were, like... You could, like, see tape in the corner and, like, like you could tell, like, she did it herself. But there was, like, a, I want to say, like, a 
like a board. This wasn't like a cork board. It was more like a place where they she put pictures, like hung little pictures and like candids. And mm-hmm. she doesn't have any with her. I, w- I call her their her new friends, I guess. But there weren't. It was just mostly um, her and Jamie and Ed, and there were a few with like Claire Winter and Ashley. So oh, okay. some of those friends. Because I feel like she's decorated this house, like, a while ago. Like, you could tell it's it's been a while since she put up different pictures. Something interesting I saw that you wrote was that she has Wonderstruck boxes. Yeah. In a shelf. <laughs> there was, like, a little, like, it was, like, a desk area, and it had shelves above. And there were, like, these little, like, just big enough for the Wonderstruck boxes. And she kind of, like, put a few... There and it wasn't. It was just Wonderstruck. There were no of the other perfumes, so mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Like I, I could see her just being like, "I need something to put here," and just like tucking away little boxes of Wonderstruck in there. <laughs> I use mine as a decoration. It almost sounds to me like since she's not at her LA house very much anymore, that the, that the house and the decor is sort of stuck in the Speak Now era. It is very Speak Now now era like you can like she decorated it during then and I don't think she's really updated it that much since yeah I would have to agree like it's 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 definitely speak now era and you could feel it as soon as you were in there I would say like if I would think if you went to like her New York apartment like that would feel more like it would have more pictures of her and her current friends I guess but this was definitely from the past. Like, I don't think, like, she's forgotten them or she's not friends with them anymore. It's just, like, you can tell that yeah. who her friends were at the time she decorated this house. Well, is there anything else you want to mention or anything that you think our listeners would want to hear about? The picture session afterwards was kind of another important time of the day because, you know, we had, after hearing the entire album... You know, and she's like, do you want to take pictures outside? And, of course, more screams. We all go outside, and we, we're in, like, groups of five to take pictures with her. Much like you've seen in the New York, um, after the live stream, like, that, that party. Like, they were kind of like that. And they were both taken on Polaroids and a professional camera. And Andrea was helping with the Polaroids. And then she kind of pointed out that, you know, we, there was five of us per group. Like, how would one Polaroid, like, be shared between us? And she had, so then we ended up retaking, like, individual shots, which was kind of, that was kind of the best part of my day, was getting to, you know, she's holding Olivia in one arm, and they are giving us props, which, when she says props, she means her awards that she has scattered all around, and so I was holding um, one of her American Music Awards, and I kind of walk up to her, and she's just like, oh, hi there. And, like, the, like I was melting, I would say, inside, and just being like, I asked her to hug me in our picture, so she, like, came down to my level, because I'm, again, really short, put her arm around me and, like, like put her face next to mine, and I'm just like, <gasps> like, intake of breath, like, I can't believe this is happening. We took our picture, and she and I told her this is everything, as like kind of both because it was true, and also because 
if she had typed that or something on Tumblr, and I was like, sly reference, but I don't know. So I said that to her, and she, like, laughed, and she became very sincere after that, and, like, I mean, not, she just, like, looked me in the eye with a very serious expression and just thanked me for being there, and, like, she said, see you soon to a lot of us, so I don't know what that means, but it was a very exciting thing to hear from her. Yeah. So that was the... That was the last, like, the end of the day, I guess. So that was the last thing we did. And after taking our pictures, we got back on the buses and headed away. And then did they give you merchandise? Oh, yeah. After, so after taking the pictures, we were taken around one side of her house because we were in the backyard taking pictures. And they gave us these bags. They were like, new merch. And we were just like, it, like, it's, it keeps going. Like, this day just keeps getting better. (laughs) And so we got the merch, and then we were taken to the buses. Wow. That's an amazing day for sure. I don't think any day will ever top that day. So what time did you get back to your car? I would have to say it was about, like, late 3, like, about, like, late 3-ish. I want to say, like, 3.40, you know, around then. Wow. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, did they tell you not to tweet anything until later because of the second group? Yes, that's, they told us we couldn't post anything until 10 p.m. And we, we didn't know why, like, they didn't, they weren't going to tell us why. And we didn't question it because we were just like, there must be something. But then it was, ended up being because the second group of fans had gotten out at 10 so that they didn't want to spoil it for them if they were keeping tabs on what was happening Right. Okay. That is so cool. It because it did seem like everything was coming at one time, and then the people were saying there were two groups. So yeah, was I was I was surprised hearing. I was like, I don't because I remember being on Twitter posting about it, and then seeing some people that I had followed or you know like were friends with, and I was like, I didn't even meet them. I was like very confused for a second, and then I realized <laughs> like, oh, okay, there was there was more going on. Wow. Well, you also wrote a blog post about the whole experience. Do you want to tell people where they can find it? Yes. Okay. I am 1989 on Tumblr, and it's all spelled out, but 80 is spelled with um, an I-E instead of a Y at the end. And it's, I would say the best tag you can find is like 1989 Secret Sessions on Tumblr. So if you check that tag on my blog, it's there. Right, and you just posted this a week ago, so hopefully people can find it easily. But Um, your story's really good. I liked reading it. Thank you. But yeah, I'm on Tumblr a lot, so it might be a couple pages in. So if you check my tags, it's probably easier. Well, did we miss anything? Anything else? I think that's it. I feel like I've been talking a lot. (laughs) That was a lot. No, it's great. Yeah, we want to know everything. So we're so glad you came to join us today. You're welcome. It's really no problem at all. Well, we might want to talk to you again later once the album is actually out. Okay. Sounds good. Maybe then you could tell us more of the inside scoop. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be... It'll be easier to talk about, like, the the parts of the day that you guys probably most want to hear about. 
Well, thank you for making us so much more excited than we already were for 1989. I'm glad. That's the, that's the whole goal of talking about it. Like, I didn't want to, like, brag about it. I just want people to be so excited for 1989 and buy a bunch of copies and make sure we sell a million the first week and everything. Yes, and we will. We're going to get it done. All right, well, thanks again so much. No problem. Bye. Bye. Well, I really loved hearing all of Rebecca's stories, and we hope you guys did too. And stay tuned, because on Wednesday, our regularly scheduled release date, we'll have our next episode coming out, which will have all of our regular segments, news, fashion, mini segments, and all of that fun stuff for you guys. So make sure you check that out on Wednesday. And for now, this has been Ashley. And Steph. And we'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.